of Yahweh again, if you allow me to be a conduit to your word, Father. The word that I share and read from today, your truth, knowledge, wisdom, Father, that you would bless those that hear. Bring their hearts to you, Father. Declare that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. Have faith in you and walk with the Holy Spirit. I do, I will, let's go. The mantra that we need to share with one another. I do believe, I will have faith. Holy Spirit, let's go. Walking. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, praiseworthy. Thank you. So Holy Spirit and I were having a discussion and um, involving a personal thing that had taken place, but it is absolutely compatible because, uh, and confirming the word that he gave me today and in as much as what I read and then my, my other mentor, uh, besides Holy Spirit, he actually has a number here on this plane of existence we're in. But let me ask some of the folks out there there are some women that really like sports and there are some men that really like sports and vice versa on the other hand. But let's, let me pose this question. If you went to a European football game, that would be soccer to many of you, but, uh, and, in Espana, in the Latin countries, they call it football. Um, soccer. Or you went to a big pro football game. Or baseball game, basketball game, any, you can name any such sports. And there are men and women that like what they call the uh, mixed martial arts or the combat sports. Most any of those contact are those are combat sports anyway. Boxing. People like boxing. But let me pose this to you. Or let's let's go a step farther down the road and further in this. Military. You get to a combat theater and you hear the first bullet go over and then all of a sudden you throw everything down and, oh, I can't do this, I can't, I'm, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, and then you run off. So you have all these, you have all these players in different theaters and different programs and different sports and they just stop. The first time that you have to do a head contact with the soccer ball to get it in the direction because you can't use your hands. You have to use your chest, your shoulders. Um, you can do certain arm bumps and, and you can use your head and bonk it into the direction. And the first time you have to do that, all of a sudden you run off the field and you, I can't do this. I, I don't want to do this. No, no, no. And then you have this P 
people have stage fright. I get that. I understand. And, you know, I, I used to be very much that way, having to get up and get in front of a bunch of people. And then they just don't do anything. They just, they turn and walk off. They don't even try to push through. They just surrender. So I'm going to go to the book of Matthew. I like Matthew. You know what? Yeah, he was a tax collector and Peter picked on him a lot and they all had something smart to say. But let's pose this. Matthew skipped ahead in school and his parents disowned him because he became a tax collector. And just like the angel shared with me, this is what I do. This is not who I am. Turn to me. Oh my gosh, I didn't do it that day. And I forget that spoke. And then the spirit reminds me again. And she looked at me with just those crystal eyes. This is not who you are. This is what you do. And I like Matthew. He was um, sometimes he could be a little scattered, but you know, and they all griped, and what did he give up? Well, he gave up his people. He was ostracized, he was alienated, and they they so much attacked him in that respect, and they didn't believe that he had any part and parcel there. But they also forgot that Jesus Christ called him. They didn't vote Matthew into the the discipleship. Jesus called him to discipleship. Jesus told Matthew, come, follow me. And Matthew, Matthew walked right away from that because he knew his whole life there is a longing in his life. Yeah, he gave up his life. He was making money and he had nice clothes and he had a nice thing. But the lesson in Matthew is the temporal existence. And his existence was greater with the Lord than it was without him. Gave up his parents, gave up his life, couldn't see his family, couldn't be around his family. And he was alienated and ostracized and spat upon and physically struck. He was a tax collector. Nobody liked the tax collectors. And everybody blamed the tax collector for the imposition of the taxes that were imposed on them by the Romans. But yeah, Matthew was getting paid by the Romans. The Jews were also paying Matthew. Oh yeah, he was getting paid on a couple ends for doing their little special things. Matthew gave up a lot. I actually can can really see that. Matthew actually, and in many respects, I think that Matthew gave up much more than many. And I say that because Matthew was living fairly extravagantly, except that Matthew was alone. In his heart, he was alone. He had no family that he could visit. He had no companionship. Nobody wanted to be around him except maybe other tax collectors and, you know, and he, he didn't like being with them because in his heart he was he was not that. 
There was something missing. The Holy Spirit was tugging at him. And when Jesus Christ just looked at him and said, Matthew, come follow me. He walked away from the wealth. He walked away from the possessions. He walked. He just walked away. And he said, yes, I'll go with you. So in Matthew chapter 8, and I'm going to start, if you will, I'm going to start. In this, actually, I'm gonna, I was going to start there, but I'm going to, um, I'm going to start in, in verse 24. Very poignant, actually. And um, you have all these things that were going on here. Um, a number of things. The centurion had just come, and you had these. Um, it healed Peter's mother-in-law, and things were getting on because this is this was sort of in the beginning where Peter was. <coughs> Pardon me. Sorry about that. Um, Peter was distracted, and, and uh, so he took that away. But here we have in Matthew eight twenty four, and behold, uh, let's back up so we know where that. Um, Jesus was talking to one of the disciples. He wanted to come because a family member had died, and he wanted to go do that. And this might sound kind of. Uh, a little heartless, but we're told this in a number of places in the Bible. When Jesus says, I'm here, it's time, let's go. Do not come down for a sweater. Don't come down for anything else except walk away and go. Don't have time to put on your shoes. You don't have time for anything because here's the thing. Jesus has come to take us home. And are you going to take the time, really, that the the almighty, only begotten Son of God has come and that he says, okay, and you have to be willing to do so. You have to be willing to just do that. And there, quite honestly, I, I don't believe that there are holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, not holy as in Holy Ghost, Holy Father, Holy Son, um, but holy people that are ready to do that. They claim they're these these are the individuals are and one of the things that we have to be and not being a label head or self-proclaimed Christian, are you ready to walk away from your physical possessions and things that you have come to learn to love? I I love my companions and I truly believe that God brought us together. And I also truly believe that that uh, our domestic animals, God knows that we need things, so he gave them to us um, to just walk away from them. You know, if Jesus came right now and said, come on, it's time, let's go. 
I have to say, yeah, I, I, I want to go be with my Lord. I want to be in the kingdom of heaven and the loved ones who have gone before. I want to go. Um, it would be a difficult thing because I've come to appreciate them and love them and they are service dogs. Um, but I would be having to go and just walk away. And I have grandchildren and things. Would I be able and willing to go? I would have to say, yes, I want to be able to do that. It's a difficult thing. But here's the thing that we have to remember and realize. And then I'll get back to Matthew. Um, We have all been given free will choice. Even our family members, everyone. We have a free will. Do they choose to want to believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God? Do they want to have faith in the Lord God Almighty? Do they want to follow the Holy Spirit in teaching and guiding their steps? If your family members are not wanting to do that and they have not made that choice, then then you know what? It's a drag down. And brothers and sisters, that's exactly what they're doing. And Jesus talks about this, these uh, so-called friends, true friends, and, and my... I can't remember if my mom or dad, where did I see this? A true, I, I had this, was told to me a long time. A true friend, an honest, true friend. And so many people, I used to, my mom used that term so loosely, even from people that came and were stealing from her, and they would convince her to write them, check that. As she got older, she would do that. But true friends would not ask anything of you that they didn't really need. And you as a true friend should be willing to give them anything that they ask for if you have the capability and you are able to do so. And many can't do that. You have people, hey bud, how you doing? Look, I need to borrow 20 bucks. Do you really need to borrow 20 bucks or you were just short and you're going to the pool hustle with your buddies and you didn't invite this friend to go and you needed 20 bucks so you could buy your beer or pay in for the game. So is this person actually your friend or just your ATM? At any rate, that's, that's food for thought. Think about that. As a true Christian... We are told that we are supposed to do those things. If they come and they want to borrow your coat, give me your cloak too. Jesus is very specific on this. So back to Matthew. But Jesus said to him, follow me. Let the dead bury their dead. So those that chose, have chosen their walk are spiritually dead. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose 
and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. <clears throat> That's the very poignant point of what I'm sharing, but but here further we see something, and I, I further down the path, uh, the 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 reading, but farther along in their their walk, I think they learned to see this is this is still relatively early on. But the men marveled, saying, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Wow, that's powerful. But here, too, is coming another very important point. So when he was come to the other side, into the country of Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, that no man might pass that way. Here's the important part. The demons knew the authority of Jesus. None of the disciples had jumped off that boat to walk onto the beach and say, hey, oye, oye, listen here, Jesus Christ has come to this country. Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, is here. Nobody did that. Hear me. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Are thou come hither to torment us before the time? Interesting there. They knew his authority. They knew that the time was coming when Jesus was going to come and snatch the keys from hell. The demons knew his authority. Many, 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 many forget Lucifer, Satan, Bazalbub, the confuser, the hater, the accuser, the uh, fear, one of his pseudonyms, fear, they tend to forget that he was a resident of heaven at a time. Do you not think that Satan knows scripture and verses? And do you think that he not share with his minions? He wants them to come out and pester us, annoy us, and take things from us. But remember when the minions come, and they raise his fur around us and you, they kick up the dust and they get you so agitated and things, things that occur in life because life is what it is. It's very provocative, but then at the same time, it's very, can be very disheartening and so many just give up. Did y'all catch that point here? That I'm here, let's go back and I'm gonna do it again. There rose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And then we're going to jump off here. Then he arose. He, the only begotten Son of God, our Lord and our Savior, he arose. They were fearful. They, they came, he called in his disciples and these men, 
Mary, Joanna, it's called Raymond and Mary, his mother, they came and they they administered. They they were also disciples. See, a lot of people in the, in the scriptures don't talk about them a lot. There are places where it does. Um, later on, actually, at the crucifixion, and when they all went to the tomb, they shared this part with them, that they they administered to Jesus and the other disciples. They prepared the meals and, and things when the disciples, when they were out, on the things that they had to do in the culture. I mean, that was just the way it was. But at the same time, <clears throat> they were a presence. They, too, were disciples. And they were learning at the same time. But when these men were gone, uh, they were there. Backtrack. So, as we walk through this life, there are a lot of things that go on. And the only begotten son of God was on the boat with them. He was tired. He had been healing. He'd been doing all these things. And he'd been doing all that, that were there. And, and before it sure says, says um, <clears throat> when the centurion came, the centurion believed. Uh, and he went to Peter's house and healed Peter's mother-in-law. Uh, and when the evening came, there were others that were brought to him to be healed and touched. <laughs> Pardon me. And he was healing people and he took time. He took their six. And it said that he saw multitudes. And it wasn't time to get into that, so he wanted to go to the other side. And he also explained at the time that he had to go, and he had there was a um, that there was a member of the scribes, the Sanhedrin. They came and said that he wanted to follow with them, and he explained to the men. that all the creatures had dens and places to stay, but he didn't have a place, and this man was going to have to give up what he had and come. And there were all these things that were going on, and so there was a bit of a commotion around Jesus, and he said, okay, that's it. we, we got to go. I want to go to the other side. This is all... Uh, because there's you have to remember that there... There was an agenda that was was moving forward and things that they kept trying to push Jesus into. It wasn't time. Just like this storm on the sea, it wasn't that time. But Jesus, the storm arose and Jesus arose. And when Jesus arises and he addresses situations... We have faith in him. We have faith in God. We follow the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's going to be things that, that happen in this plane of existence. And as I was sharing earlier about the uh, combat sports, the football, the military, and all these things here, we cannot forget that when you... I'm going to use a powerful word, and it's going to get some people, their knickers are going to really get twisted, and they're going to be uncomfortable. Guess what? I don't care, okay? The valuation from what I share... 
comes from the Lord God Almighty. And if he has me sharing it, I'm sharing his word. I speak his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom. I'm just not making this stuff up. If you have a hard time dealing with truth, then you are part of that number of the minions that prefer lies and deceit. And you are not following the Lord. You need to repent. You need to be in the word. You need to pray. And if you got an issue with truth, then you are of the minions that serve the liar. That's another pseudonym for Satan. You don't like me calling you out that way? Well, that's kind of too bad because it's truth. If you're not seeking truth, knowledge, and wisdom, and guidance, then you are choosing to follow him who shares lies, accusations, and blame, derision, separation. Then you choose to follow Satan. That doesn't mean you're a Satan worshiper and go to the church of Satan and all that. That just means that you're choosing to believe his lies and his pandering and all the things that are not leading to the truth and the kingdom of heaven, which we've been promised. But here's the thing. That's also, uh, I'm going to use a powerful word here. You're a coward. We are told that we are in a spiritual warfare. And if you don't believe that and you share and you try to pardon me, and you try to convince other people that that's not necessary. Oh, hey, we don't have to do this. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do any of that stuff that the Bible tells us to do about the spiritual warfare stuff. Why do we need the the, the holy armor that God has made? You know, we don't need to do that. The Holy Spirit's got that. I read to the end of the book. We win. Don't have to do anything. Yeah, well, then you're a slothful, lazy, label-ahead, self-proclaimed Christian. You are not speaking the truth. You are deceiving other people. We are told that we are in a spiritual warfare. On this plane of existence, the tempest will arise. The storms will come. There will be confusion. There will be turmoil. That arises. Then he rises. He, the only begotten son of God, be not afraid nor dismayed. We see that in the book of Deuteronomy when he tells the people and they're going out and he tells, don't be afraid. I am with you. In the book of Isaiah, we are told the Lord will be with us. In the book of Joshua, we are told, be not afraid, be not dismayed. Have I not commanded thee to be of good courage? For I, Hashem, your Lord, thy God, am with you whithersoever thou goest. And I've shared that with you before, too. That's not a physical point from A to B. Santa Monica to Chicago, Route 66. David speaks these words when he talks about to the highest mountain, to the depths of the sea, or if I am in shale, hell. The Lord is with me. He knows where I am. God is omniscient. He is omnipotent, omnipresent. He's always with us. He knows everything about us. And he is all-powerful. Unlike those who tend to have this idea that Satan is like, God, no, he's not. He's not anything. He's totally, completely opposite. 
He's not all-knowing. That's why he has minions. He's not all-powerful. He likes us to think he is, and many believe that he is. He's very good at camouflage. So when he stirs things up, we get all agitated. But then the Lord arises. Those may arise, but the Lord arises because he is always with us. Things that we go through, and he shared this with me, is that, and I was sharing with you somewhat, but some things that I've asked God for specifically, and he's blessed me with, oh my gosh, he has blessed me so much. And I try to figure, here's the thing, I try to figure with my finite mind, and I, it's beyond me. But God has blessed me so much. He comes to me, he comforts me. The empirical evidence that I see of these things that God does and and are here. I mean, I can't, it cannot be denied with what I see. And there are many people that can't believe it. So here's the thing. I believe the Bible. When he says that there is a spiritual warfare and we need to be prepared and he is going to prepare our suit of armor for it and that when the tempests come and he will he will rise up. He will rise up. And then, as I said, you have those who are contrary belief that believe that we don't have to do anything because all these spirits got anything. So those slothful, lazy, label-head, self-proclaimed Christians that are not because they don't go to prayer meetings, they don't read the Bible, they don't do any of this stuff. They said, hey, I'm saved. I don't have to do anything else. Well, that's hogwash because the Bible tells us in the truth of his word that we need to be out and help other people. So are you going to be that lazy schmuck and not do what we're told to do to give others an opportunity to have what you claim to have? You were invited and you decided to be saved and then you decided once you're saved, eh, I got mine. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to help anybody. I used to uh, <laughs> I used to get agitated in, in where I, I worked um, with some of the senior guys. They wouldn't help any of the, the newer individuals. And then I moved up in seniority and I got up to be where they were and they were all leaving. I made it a point to try to help others, to try to share with them information that we were told and we're all working together. So why not do that? I mean, it made sense to me, but I actually had, pardon me, I had one of the senior guys was not giving an opportunity for anybody. And, and I said, wow, Bob, why do you, why did you do that? He goes, I got mine. I had earned money. They can do it now. So they got the attitude that they worked their way up. So why should they help anybody else? So the way these slothful, lazy, label-head, self-proclaimed individuals do. Oh, I got my salvation. Why should I do anything else now? I win. I can just sit down and take the easy ride. Really? Because God says to go out and make sons and daughters and brothers and sisters of the nations. He tells us to go out and share. So your idea of sharing is to go to church on that one Sunday where you were saved and baptized and then you go home 
and go to your man cave or woman's den or whatever separated thing this is, and you have little fellowship with the family, you have no fellowship with the rest of the church during any portion of the week, you don't pick up, your, your Bible gets tossed on the coffee table and sits there and gets dusty. And then you go back and you sit in the chair and you throw your feet up on your recliner and you're either sucking down a beer watching whatever you're watching and the women are sitting there having their chit-chat with their other ladies and watching whatever they're watching or sharing whatever they're doing, but they're not they're not at the Bible study, they're not sharing, and they're not in the Word, they're not in prayer. And that's the way they coast through the rest of their lives. And then they hear the, time to go. Don't go back and get anything. It's time to go. And then they look at their watch, and in a panic, they're saying, Oh, but Lord, but Lord, I, I, I'm not ready. Excuse me? You're not ready? I'm here. We're going now. The train is departing the depot. I don't have time for anything else. And then gets on board and takes off. And then here is that slothful, lazy, non-caring, label-headed, self-proclaimed. They're running after the train that has just pulled out. Really? You want to be like that or you want to be that one that's right there ready to go? I want to believe that I'm on the platform. I'm on the platform. So when he conducts the train into the depot and it's time to board and he says, Abort, I'm jumping on. I I believe I want to do that. I, I want to do that. This is what we're called, but there are individuals that find all this reasoning and these things back and forth and not to do it. You have, I've shared with you already that when I talk about the devil and I talk about the warfare and how sneaky an enemy he is, that there are individuals who say, oh, that's just glorifying the devil. That's just glorifying Satan when you're focused on him. You're missing the point. The point is not to focus on him. The, fo- the point is to be aware of his wiles and what he does. So when he stirs up the waters and he stirs up the tempest and kicks the dust up and things that are going to interfere with our smooth walk in life and those things rise up, remember, when the waves rise up and the tempests rise up, then he arose as it was on the boat. Then he arose And he calmed and rebuked the waves and the wind and the sea was calm. And they marveled at his authority. And when he came to the shore and the tombs and the possessed came out, that even the minions of hell that were working for Satan and had possession on this They knew his authority. When Nebuchadnezzar was sitting outside of the furnace (coughs) and the fire temperature arose to such a heat, more than what it was intended for, that when they came to throw Hananiah, Mishael, Anzariah, their true names, when they came to put them into the furnace, they were consumed by the heat. And the temperature, the very men that were coming to throw them in, they were knocked down dead. But there was an authority. 
and their faith in God. And Nebuchadnezzar leaned forward on his throne because he saw something. He saw the authority of the only begotten Son of God, who he had never met. Daniel had, there's prophecies in the book of Daniel that talk about the coming of the Lord. But there's nothing in the scripture that says that Daniel preached this to Nebuchadnezzar. However, the authority of the Lord came and was present at that place at that time because Hananiah, Mishael, and Zariah, they declared it. He leaned forward in his throne. And I can almost see this when he's sitting there and he's got this wicked, nasty smirk on his face. And then he thrusts his body forward and he grabs the ends of the arms of the chair and he looks and, and he's astonished. He's totally stymied about what he sees. And he looks over to his counselors and the rhetorical question that he throws at them. He doesn't want an answer because he already knows the authority of the Lord of Jesus Christ has come and told him who it is. So total rhetorical question. Hey, you, you, you. Didn't we put three men in that furnace? I'm sitting here watching three men waiting to be consumed. Then why is there a fourth man walking around in there free of bond? And he's like unto the son of God. Read it. It's in the Bible. It's there. One of the several times in which Jesus Christ had appeared in the Old Testament. See, people think that the New Testament, Matthew through Revelation, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, it's the good news of his birth, of his life, of his uh, leadership and teaching, and of his crucifixion. And then, of course, John, in the book of Revelation, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So throughout the Old Testament, and I've shared with you, there are scriptures <coughs> that talk about that. In the book of Daniel, in the book of Psalm, in Psalm, there are scriptures that, and poems and songs that David writes some 1,000 years before the birth of Christ. And it talks about the birth of a child of a virgin and talks about things that are going to happen in the crucifixion. A 1,000 years before Jesus is even born, and then you go to the book of Isaiah. 700 years before Jesus Christ is born. In Isaiah, I believe it's 53. He is speaking of the crucifixion as if he had been there and it had already happened. He speaks much of that in past tense. He's as if he had saw it occurring as it occurred. And then, of course, we have the crucifixion. We have the revelation and the seeing of Jesus Christ as he walked in life. But here's, here's the import. The, the most important fact that we have to know is that when the tempests arise, when the storms come up and the, the confusion and the things that come on, God is promised and Jesus Christ promised when he told the disciples and he was getting ready to leave, he told them that, don't be afraid because I'm going to send another to you. I will send a comforter. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. 
and the peace that I give you, it will stay with you because I'm going to be with you until the end of the age. Until your time comes and you come home, I'm going to be with you. I promise to be with you. I will help you. And I'll be there. When the storm comes up, he is there. But this thing that we have to be willing to be in is the spiritual warfare. It's true. It's real. Why would God make us the spiritual armor and give it to us and, and warn us about these things that are going to happen and then these label heads and, and these uh, self-proclaimed Christians that are not going to share the word and they're going to say, hey, I read to the end of the book, we win. Oh, what is this we win stuff? It's like these politicians said, we're all in this together. No, you're not. Because you get the free medical, you get all this stuff and you get all these uh, things that you get to steal from and everybody else gets to be without. So what do you mean we're in this together? It's like these self-proclaimed and and uh, label heads. Oh, we're in this together. We win in the end. What do you mean we? You're not doing anything. You're not helping anyone else. You're not reaching back and putting your hand out to take anybody that's stumbling up to give them a hand and anything at all. You're just taking, 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 taking. So, what is this we? We need to help one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to be like-minded. We need to be lifting each other up. We need to pray over one another and we need to share the word. We need to be in the battle and fight the battle as if we mean to not get knocked out, knocked down and slain. I mean, that's... That's not where I want to be. I know that I'm going to have to, uh, I know that there's going to be a time where I'm going to pass away from this physical existence. But I want to go to my glorified spiritual existence and be in the kingdom of heaven, which I have been promised. But then you have those individuals who said, huh, don't need to do anything, but to the end of the book. Slothful and lazy. And teaching false doctrine. See, the Bible warns against this. It tells us against these things that are going to happen and that it would cause, and this is when they're talking about um, those false teachings and doctrines, that even the elect will be deceived. What does that mean, the elect? Who are the elect? Those are the ones who choose to believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, have faith in God, and let the Holy Spirit guide their steps, but they believe <clears throat> that these individuals that claim to be from God, and incidentally, when the word talks about Christ, that they claim to be Christ, many will be deceived. Okay, remember this. The word Christ means anointed of God. It doesn't mean that they are Jesus the only begotten Son of God. That means that they are anointed of God and they're coming to teach the word and all this stuff here, but they're teaching falsely. Do not be deceived by their words and their false teachings and all these lies. Okay? Now, there will be some that will come and say, I am Jesus Christ, anointed of God, the Son of God. And don't be deceived by them either because... The Bible doesn't talk like that. It doesn't tell us that he's coming before he comes. And then you have those individuals that be able to do these mathematical little secret calculations and they figure out when he's going to get here. It doesn't happen that way because Jesus told us 
in his word that none know save the Father. That angels in heaven don't even ask God when. <clears throat> the only time that they know is time ago is when they hear the trumpet blast and they hear that thunderous rending of the heavens open and Jesus is coming through. I almost get, wow. Oh, wow, I just got this powerful image. See, because when Jesus comes back, he's coming as a lion of the tribe of Judah. He's not coming down here to be crucified. He's not coming, he's coming down here to rend the enemy asunder and to destroy him and the minions and cast them into the pit of fire and take us home. So I just got this image that all of a sudden there's this trumpet blast that's powerful. And you can almost, if you're there, you can feel the vibrations of the heavens and then the heaven splits open. The firmament is split. And many of the angels are, they get this, instantly surprised look but then they know what's going on in the same instance so as Jesus is coming and he's riding his powerful steed and he's coming with a sword is with him and he's coming on this magnificent steed and he's coming and his entourage is with him it's following and as he's going by more and more of the angels that were standing about or doing what they were doing their their horses were always ready and they're jumping on and mounting and they're following and following in behind and and then you have the hosts of heaven are coming because the captain of the hosts of heaven which is how he identified himself to Joshua in the Old Testament heading into the valley of Jericho the captain of the hosts of heaven is leading the charge and here they come as they file in from each side and they're coming down and they're they're passing through the terror and the firmaments of heaven because heaven is now revealed. And they're just coming in and coming and coming and coming and coming and... Yeah, I get a little carried away. That's exciting to me. And I'm looking forward, actually. So I'm not going to be like these label heads and self-proclaimed Christians. Ah, don't have to do anything. Sit back here and pull the lever or push the button on my each chair, throw my feet up and have me another cold brew. I got a game on. Bible study? Yeah, I don't feel like going. There's a playoff. Life group? Nah, I'm not gonna go. There's a playoff. Special program? Baptizing? Oh, I got baptized already. I know what they're gonna do. They're gonna dunk your head underwater and then you're you got salvation. I hope they go out and do something about this word of God and the teaching and sharing. That way I don't have to. I don't think I'm going to anyway. I'm going to sit here and watch the game. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to share this time with the other ladies. We're going to go shopping. We're not going to go to prayer meeting. No, there's a special sale on in so-and-so. So it doesn't matter both sides, men or women. It doesn't matter. There are those that are self-proclaimed. Yeah, oh, yes, I'm a Christian. I've been saved. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm saved. Yeah, what of it? And that's the attitude. Yeah, I've been saved. What of it? I like the blessing that I feel when I get an opportunity to share things. And the day tends to be 
fairly mundane when they die. And and you know, here's <laughs> here's the thing. Thank you, Father. Is that more often there are individuals that are coming, and I'm not trying to vault myself up because I am not anything over anyone else. I'm just doing what my father asked me to do. But on a personal note, I believe that individuals are recognizing something because I have people come up and they ask me, where's this come from? I'm not, I'm not running around with a big neon sign or I got this tape on my forehead that says, I am Christian. Which is what many people like to do. They like to be identified that way, but they're not anything close to it. And I'm not doing that. So I'm just wondering if others are sharing what I'm sharing with them, and then they come because they tell them what I look like, so then they recognize, or hopefully, prayerfully, that the Spirit is coming out, and I'm showing out more and more. That's what I pray about, because that's what we're told to do. We're not showing off, we're showing out. There's a difference. Now see, when you show off and you're bragging, you do it, this is, this is that... This is that temporal shell that you have that you're wearing. Yeah, you might be pretty strong or you might have this or have that, but see, you're showing off. That's on the outside. That's a fake. And like Jesus was sharing with the pharisaical leaders at the time when they were griping about all the things and complaining about washing hands and so forth and so on, and Jesus started and he gave them, he gave them these things that they totally didn't get. This is the thing. <laughs> This is why they didn't understand parables. They were so caught up in themselves. They were so caught up in what they had learned and what they were talking about that they didn't even get the parables. And so when he taught them about washing of the hands and talking about the tombs, and they're building that they're all pretty and white, pristine, but inside they're still dry and dirty bones. It's what's on the inside that counts. Not what they're showing off, but what they're showing out. Are we showing out what God puts into us and his love, his compassion and kindness and that light that we are told to shine out, to reflect? Remember, reflective light is more powerful than a direct beam. And that comes from the scripture that Jesus told the disciples. He said, you will be doing more powerful things than even I am doing here. In your faith, when I'm gone and I, I got to go, you will be doing and capable to do more. Wow. Brothers and sisters, he arose. He is risen. And when the tempests come and the waves come up and you get all agitated and you get on there, hey, he's with us all the time. Just like that agitation that Satan tried to stir up with me, I got to move. I got to move. It's me and my two dogs. I gotta, nobody's going to come and help me go. I was getting all rattled and all this stuff and worrying about finding a place to live and this and that and this and that. I'd pray about it and then I'd go and I'd pick it up and I'd get all rattled again. And then I'd pray about it and I'd get all agitated again. When I let it go and talk to a gentleman that I already have a rapport established with and he's provided me a red, this is going to be better Oh my gosh. See, this is how things happen with God. He makes things better. We get all agitated and this is going to happen, that can happen. But as soon as I let it go, 
it's a done thing. So, keep in mind that he has risen and when the waves come up, he comes up. And he's going to take care of us. He loves us and he's promised to be with us to the end of the age. The end of this age when we're done, he's going to meet us at the gate. And guys, I mean, it's a promise. It's an empirical promises that I have seen the evidence, the empirical evidence that is presented before me. What that means is that evidence that can't be denied. I've seen too many things that cannot be denied. Where'd that come from? It came from the will of my Father God and His power and His might. I, it cannot be denied. Not in my mind's eye. My, there's other people that'll try to explain it away. That's unfortunate. But most importantly is don't be like these slothful, lazy label head self-proclaims oh I got mine I don't need to do anything well then what you're saying is you're telling God that you don't need to do what he's asked us to be do because you're more important and that's exactly what you're doing if you're denying going out the shiny order you are rebuking the Lord well that's not what that means I'm offended well get your knickers in a twist because that's exactly what it means if you are not sharing the gospel the good news of the word of God, his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom, you are telling God in his face, in your arrogance, I'm not going to do it because I got mine. I got a game to watch. I'm not going to Bible study. I got a game to watch. I got a club to go to. I'm not going to go do it, God, because I've got things to do that I think are more important than what you have told me to do. That's exactly what you're doing when you refuse to go to Bible study, to pray over folks, and to go to church, that's exactly what you're doing. And when you refuse to share the gospel, if you don't like that picture I just painted, well, that's too bad and so sad. Here's the deal. Remember what Raven says, I don't care. And not to say that in a mean way to you, but see, God's validation is what matters. Yours does not. That's just the way it is. God is much more important. And we need to be about our father's business. I am going to be about my father's business. I am going to continue sharing. And it's going to be the truth. I'm not going to make up stuff to make myself appear to be better or above anyone else because Paul tells us not to be that way. Paul tells us that we need to be of a like-minded body of Christ. And the body of Christ is the church, is the people that believe and have faith and walk. True faith, true Christians, not the label heads and not the self-proclaimed. Oh, I'm a Christian because they think people are impressed by that. Well, let me share this with you. There are more people that are not impressed by people claiming to be a Christian, unfortunately, than there are those that are. And more of these... Uh, Churches are more of just a hangout in a clubhouse and they're not doing the prayer and sharing for our nations and our leaders like we should be doing. There's more and more of that happening. It's just what is foretold in the Bible. It's, I mean, it's prophetic, it's word, it's truth. It's happening and gonna happen. Yeah, there's a lot of people saving, being saved and a lot of that going on. But remember, <coughs> pardon me, when the waves are, arose and the waves arise, he rises 
to administer to us. Be blessed, be brave, be courageous, be bold, be upright in righteousness and truth. Have a good day.